Hello. Hey. What is up, Misfits? Welcome back to a new episode. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off. Today, we're going to talk about the original Misfit Part 2. We're going to pick up where we left off um, last episode where we were speaking about the life of Jesus. Yes. The OG. Mm -hmm. Um, Last week, we spoke about um, his conception all the way through when he was getting ready to leave for a wedding in Cana. And today, we're going to pick back up at um, the wedding in Cana all the way through the resurrection. Yes, and if you haven't heard the part one, make sure you do, because what we're going to talk about today probably won't make as much sense. You know? Yes, it's it's a whole story. It has yeah. a beginning and an end. Don't catch it yeah. in the middle, because you're just not yeah. going like, to know what's so happening. Like, it's so good, but, yes. like, catch the first part, so you're, like, ready yeah. to go into this This is the sequel. Yes, yes. Please watch the first one. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> All right. Also, we wanted to mention that um, if we don't reference a Bible verse, like a particular Bible verse, it's because we're paraphrasing from that Bible verse. Um, we might mention the chapter, but we just wanted to say that out loud just so people don't think we're making stuff up because we're mm-hmm. not. We're not that smart. <laughs> um, so just don't think that. So, yes, we are paraphrasing from the Bible, but um, just know it is all biblical and you can go into the Gospels and... Uh, Fact check. Yeah, we can fact check anytime. And so today in the part two, we're going to talk about that first miracle that happened in the wedding in Cana all the way to his resurrection. And this one, um, we, we're we not as chronological as the first one. It'll still be mostly in order, but we're breaking it down a little bit more by location because Jesus was traveling a lot at the time and that was part of his ministry. So we're going to kind of break it down like things that he did in the different places that he was at and then go to the resurrection. So just to refresh our memory, uh, we're talking about how Jesus was a misfit and a misfit is something or someone who doesn't fit in. And so these stories that we're sharing with you are about Jesus and how he was a misfit. Yes. So we're gonna pick up the story um, where we left the last episode, Jesus was heading to Cana with the disciples and his mom Mary for a wedding. Now we have no idea who's getting married. Yeah. It's important to say. <laughs> they just they were just going to a wedding. They were invited to it. Um, we have no idea who's getting married, though. Um, and in this wedding at Cana is where he performs his first miracle. Now, it's his first recorded miracle, and we're basing that on a conversation that he has with Mary, which we'll go into. However, um, be, due to what we're reading in the Bible, this is his first recorded miracle. Yes. Okay, so basically, they're at the wedding. They're having a good old time. Everything is fine. And then Mary comes up to Jesus, and he tell, she tells him um, they have no more wine. And Jesus replies, dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. He's like, chill out. <laughs> He's like, why are you so stressed? And also, this is not my wedding. So yeah. why is this my problem? I was not in charge of the wine. Yeah. So basically, since what we're basing, the fact that this is his first miracle is, since he says my time has not yet come, we assume that he hasn't performed any other miracles before this one. Right. Something significant where it would show him as, you know the messiah right so um basically mary was like hey we have no more wine and jesus was like okay and and then mary mary in her and her full motherness just fully ignores him but you know she gave him a look right like figure it out yeah yeah basically and i just you know you 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 let's imagine that jesus is like six two he's a full grown man his tiny five two mother comes to him and he's like she's like hey i need your help and he's like and she looks at him like she's going to kill him and then turns and looks at the servants that were just standing there and literally says um just just do what he tells you do do what he tells you and then walks away mm-hmm. that side eye to jesus like you know what you need to do right and jesus <laughs> being the smart smart man that he was mm-hmm. that he is he tells the servants he's like okay well let me just go talk to the servants because now my man my mom is mad at me so he's, <laughs> jesus tells the servants to fill jugs with water and take them to the master of ceremonies and when the master of ceremonies tastes the water, it is wine. And it's the good stuff. It's fancy <laughs> wine. Okay? It is bougie wine. Yeah. But it's a beautiful thing because, first of all, it, it wasn't his time. According to him, it wasn't his time. Right. right? His mom is like, well, I, I don't care. We have to help these people. So figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. He does figure it out. And then it just happens. Right. And, and he's not like, or Mary's not trying to overstep or like push him to do something that he couldn't or he shouldn't um but i think it was just kind of jesus's process maybe um in starting his ministry and mary has i mean she saw the angel since the beginning she's been watching him 
she probably knew more that he was ready than Jesus knew he was ready, yeah. even being the Messiah. So it was kind of one of those moments like, I know you think you're not ready, but like this is a good way for you to show your disciples, the people around you, who you are so they can start, you know, having these uh, representations of who, who you are as a Messiah, you know, and the things that you can do. And so I think that's part of part of his miracle yeah and i think it's it's crazy because when you said that it just made me think that mary knew his purpose before he knew his purpose yes which is crazy right and that's that's what she's showing us in this moment she's just looking at him like boy i know who you are like Mm -hmm. who's your father you you got it figure it out Mm -hmm. you'll be fine and then walks away which in this moment i don't think jesus is doubting himself because he's fully just aware of what he's supposed to do yeah but he has that moment that human moment of but wait, it's not my time. Right. And it takes like his mother's encouragement and, and ignoring him and just kind of being stern with him. Kind of like, like, no, it is. <laughs> it is. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. And it just, it shows what type of faith that she had in her son and, and the son of God. Yeah. And um, it's just the first time he reveals his glory as who he really is. And like I said, it was just a sign for his disciples to also see that and believe and know, okay, we're on the right path, you know? Right. Um, and then John uh, 2, 11 tells us, it says, This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So it was, I think it was, it was really good for, of course, for Jesus to do his first miracle, but also to show the disciples, because um, this is the first time that he basically showed them who he was, mm-hmm. right? Because they already knew, but this is the first act where they're like, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is this is this is the son of God, yeah. you know. So I think it was a vote of confidence for all of them. Yes. And yeah. Mary was like, I knew it all the time. I knew it. Yeah, exactly. You got this. Yeah, exactly. You'll be <laughs> fine. Um, so like we said previously, this was a wedding at Cana, and then um, after this, it was almost time for the Jewish Passover. So Jesus and his disciples leave for Cana and then head to Jerusalem. So now we went from Cana to Jerusalem. Yeah. So Jesus arrives uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, it's around the Passover, um, and he realizes that people have just been setting up shop in the temple. They're selling cattle, sheep, doves, all sorts of dealers, you know, just just throwing money, you know, yeah. just making business. <laughs> and so um, he, this gets him very, very upset. Because he's like, y'all disrespecting my father's house. Like, this is God's house, and you're here doing business. You're not doing what this place is intended for. This isn't for you to make a buck. You know, this is a house of worship. This This isn't a building. Right. Yeah. This is the whole temple. Yeah. That you're playing bingo in. So, yeah. Yeah. And and trying to, you know, trying to sell your cow here. Right. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, bro. This is not where you sell your cow. This isn't it. This isn't it. Yeah. No, sir. Um... So he, he's upset and he shows it. He uh, he goes, makes a whip out of cords, and then throws all the money on the floor, flips tables, like just tells everyone basically like get out of here. Yeah. Like this is not what this is for. Like this is Jesus being like mad Jesus. Yes, <laughs> like, this is like mad, tough, mad tough manly Jesus, <clears throat> yeah. not lamb Jesus, but lion Jesus. And this, this, you can see that it just, it took planning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like he, he didn't said, just go okay, in there and. No. He said, I will be right back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go make a whip. Yeah. This might take a minute. Yeah. And then, and then he but handled I it. I will show you. Yeah. And then he handled it. And it's, it's kind of awesome. Like this is the first time, um, of course in the gospels, this is the first time that we see Jesus like very upset mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like, he's pissed. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah. like uh, an, an action that he made that was not a docile one or yeah. a, you know a, like the son of god yeah. is flipping tables he is upset and just legit like he he does this out of love because he respects the house of god but right. his reaction is like you guys are crazy what are you doing here yeah so he got mad and this is again a good example of how like we have our own emotions as humans like jesus did too he was full human yeah so it's okay to be mad it's okay that he got angry he had a right to be angry because it's a human emotion but we remember that being angry doesn't give us permission to be stupid. Yes. Like, you know, make sure that the reason that you're getting angry uh, doesn't lead you to um, to do something that you're not supposed to do. 
And Ephesians 4, 26, I'm going to say from the King James Version because it just sounds better, but it says, Be ye angry, but sin not. So serious. <laughs> Be ye angry, but sin not. Yeah. But it's this is a really good example of Jesus' humanity because he, he did get upset. You know, he, he flipped tables and he did the thing, but it, he very clearly did not sin. He just handled it. Yeah. Yeah, in the manliest way possible. <laughs> exactly. He, he did what he had to do. All right, so after he has a, he has a little bit of an outburst, you know, a it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a holy tantrum, if you will. And after this tantrum, he meets with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is a Pharisee. And um, just to refresh your memory, a Pharisee is just a religious leader of the time. Um, these are the people that wanted to trap Jesus because they were all about religion and following the law of Moses. Um, and they absolutely felt threatened by Jesus with how different he was. So mm -hmm. Jesus meets with Nicodemus in secret. Um, in the dark of night to be able to ask him questions without being seen um, because he did he recognized the miracles that um, Jesus was doing like Jesus was doing a lot of healing and he was just he was doing a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and Nicodemus sees that and he had all of these questions he's like you can tell that that because of what he was seeing and what he was hearing about Jesus that seed was planted yeah and he had a bunch of questions but he just didn't want to be seen talking to Jesus because he was a religious leader so he was on the other team right. and he was high up in the uh, Pharisees as well. Mm -hmm. So him talking to Jesus or even asking him questions or, or addressing him with like reverence would have gotten him in trouble and he would have lost a lot of things. And these religious people, they had a lot of money, didn't they? Yeah. He would have lost his and title, that, his money and his prestige and all that stuff. That's a certain way of doing things too. And I think him wanting to meet with Jesus kind of would put him in a place like, oh, are you believing this or are you like putting yourself below in some way, like approaching him. Uh, because understand Pharisees, again, are religious people. So they've been studying like, you know, the Old Testament and they have this idea of who the Messiah is supposed to be, quote right. unquote. And so I believe Nicodemus saw something in Jesus where he's like, this isn't like a coincidence. This isn't like, oh, wow, he's doing these things. And it's just like, oh, he's like being a prophet or something. Like he understood... Or at least he had an inclination that this was something else, that it was something more and it could be the Messiah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, he's afraid because he's part of this group who kind of condemn all that and try to keep their distance and, and believe very highly of themselves. So they didn't need to go to anybody else, you know? Yeah. And so going to him probably did mean that they would, you know, that, that they would give, lose everything. Yeah, lose yeah. money, his status, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it, it was a risk for him, which... One of the reasons he went at night. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think it's really cool to mention that um, whenever Nicodemus does meet with Jesus, um, he calls him rabbi, which means mm -hmm. teacher. And it's crazy because he's, he's, he's meeting him at night because I don't want anyone to see me with you. And I don't fully understand what you're telling me, but I, I still call you teacher because I, it's like when you, when you know, but you don't know, you like know what I mean? Like there's something there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is, it's just kind of amazing and mind blowing that he's like, I don't necessarily believe you, but like teacher, teach me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I know me, you have something to share. secrets, man. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's awesome. But basically, um, long story short, it takes Nicodemus a while to fully believe in Jesus. Um, and when he does, he does so in secret. A thing that Nicodemus did later uh, that shows that he did believe in Jesus, uh, which is basically just a little foreshadow for you, is that he helped prepare Jesus' body after he was crucified. Um, mm -hmm. So it's crazy because I don't necessarily think that Nicodemus ever um, acknowledged Jesus uh, publicly. Mm -hmm. However, when Jesus is crucified, he, he um, contributes he to, you know, basically just get his body and put him in the tomb and, yeah. and do there's all that certain, stuff. certain Jewish traditions that are, yeah. that are um, done um, after somebody yeah, dies. Yeah, for burial. Yeah. yeah. And so that just, it was a step where you like, okay, he, he believed he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't. Right. Um, so right. Because he was taking cool. care of, of Jesus and his body, which is, it's, it's just kind of amazing that yeah. it just kind of came full circle for him. After Jesus meets with Nicodemus, um, the disciples, him and the disciples leave for Jerusalem and go to Galilee. But to get to Galilee, they had to go through a place called Samaria. So, um, it was a no-no zone. Yeah, it was a no-no zone. So right now, um, we just left Jerusalem and we're trying to get to Galilee, but we have to go through Samaria. So we're in Samaria. Yeah. And so Jesus wanted to go through Samaria, uh, even though it's not something, uh, the Jews did at the time because of the type of people who were there yes. and the type of things that were practiced and all that. 
Um, but he did, as being Jesus, uh, he wanted to meet someone specifically. Because he's a man with a plan. He's a man with a plan, and he knew that someone needed something from him very specifically. There was another misfit uh, around who uh, needed to meet him and needed to know what he was about and that he was going to make a change. Uh, so they're they're walking in. They see uh, a well, and he's pretty tired because, I mean, they've been walking. They've been traveling. I don't necessarily know how far Jerusalem is from Samaria, but if it's more than half an hour, I'm already tired. It sounds so. far. It's like us walking to Austin. It's, yeah. It's, it's far. It's going to take a minute. It's probably a couple days, yes. you know. Yeah. So. In sandals. It's just going <laughs> to yeah. take a minute. In these robes. I don't know how many layers they had on. The weather. It sounds like it was hot, you know. So he's tired. He, he sits down and he sends his disciples uh, to go get food. You know, they're hungry. Like, go get some lunch. I'm going to, I'm just going to chill here for a minute uh, by the well. So it's midday. Like, nobody's around. Jesus is sitting there, and a woman comes to get some water, which uh, she's the woman from the well. Ta-da! <laughs> you ever heard that story? The woman from the well. This is, this is so, she. This is she. She has made her appearance. And so Jesus is sitting there. She comes up to get water herself, and Jesus asks her for a drink. And so she's taken aback. She's surprised, and she's like, oh, first of all, why are you even talking to me? Like, who are you? What are you doing here? And so she's very surprised. Uh, one of the main reasons is because he is a Jew and she's uh, not. She's a Samaritan. And again, like these parties, these people did not talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, I don't understand what's happening. Uh, so she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? This is in John chapter 4. And so Jesus says, and if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Um, and he's basically saying like this water that you're drinking, the one from the well, that that's when, that one's going to make you thirsty again and again. But the one I give you, you will never thirst again. So this water sounds great. And so the Samaritan woman's like, Jesus, yeah, like. I'll take ask, that. I'll take that. Yeah. Can I have some of the water that you're, uh, yeah. you're talking about? And so Jesus' response would confuse somebody, of course, and he says, go get your husband. And <laughs> she says, he, listen, he says, hey, lady, give me water. She says, why are you talking to me? Uh-huh. He says, I have the water where you will never thirst again. If you knew who I was, you would ask me for mm-hmm. this water. She says, All right. wow, give, give me, me some of this water. And Jesus says, Go get your husband. What? Like, when did we pivot conversation? What are we doing? What are you talking about? He's not thirsty. I'm she's, thirsty. She's, like, ready for that water. And he's like, go get your husband. And she's like, wait, I thought we were talking about water. Exactly. So she replies and she says, I mean, it takes her aback. So she's like, oh, I don't have a husband, which was true. And then Jesus gets real savagey. He goes ham. Yes. And says, oh, I know. I know you don't have a husband because you've been married five times. And that bro you with, he is not your husband. Um, so he kind of tells her her truth. He's like, I, and basically the, the point that Jesus is trying to make here is like, I need you to tell me the truth. Like the main thing that Jesus comes, he's like, I'm ready to give you everything, but I need you to confess your sins. Like I need you to be real with me. And so that's what he's doing here. He's like, I just need you to confess your sins. Uh, we need to be honest with Jesus in all times. Like, that's how he works. That's how you know, you know, that God wants to do something in your life, but you just have to trust him and be honest. I need you to tell me your life because I'm about to do something in your life. Yeah, because be being, honest. I think in, in regards to being honest with God, because God already knows, and we've said that so many times yeah. before because he is Like, he didn't ask this, like, why he doesn't you don't ask have questions. Yeah, he doesn't ask questions that he doesn't know the answer to. <laughs> yeah. But being honest with God is more, it's more for you than for him. He already knows. Yeah, and so he's already ready to yeah, bless you. Yeah, exactly. So it's just more for you to acknowledge that, okay, this is my Lord and Savior. This is the the my God that can really help me, heal me from this, deliver me from this. So I just need to be honest with him. And by being honest with him, you're just being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really more for you. And, and in this case... For this unnamed woman, because we mm-hmm. have no idea what this woman's name is, but um, it was it was more for her to acknowledge that what she has been doing is wrong, mm-hmm. and um, you know, tell me about all these all these husbands you've had, and you can get the living water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just puts her in a place to receive that blessing. Yes. Like just open up, tell me, tell me the truth, uh, acknowledge that, 
and then I can, in turn, give you something. Yeah, which and is this, which and is the, this leaving water. The when you think about it, like imagine just all the all the the really the big burden that she was carrying around with her, because Jesus took a whole detour. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, he was crossing through to get to the other side, and people usually go around, but. Or he, he, or they definitely wouldn't have done a pit stop. Thing, right, you know, right. they would be like, "Let's just hurry this up, get out of here." Was for her, mm-hmm. like that's massive to think about. And when yeah. you think about, like, if if I can just a little nugget for today, if I can just help you think about God as your father, that's 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 what he would do. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It could be midday at a random well, <laughs> and he's just gonna show up for you. Like yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Like, I see you, so I'm coming for you. Exactly, exactly. Sweaty and all. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just circling back. So they have this exchange, and because of all the things that he's telling her, she's like, oh, you must be a prophet. And we're like, well, you're pretty close. You're getting warmer, but not really. (laughs) But not really. But he tells her, I am the Messiah. And so she's just like, mind blown like you're the messiah and you're talking to me and all this just happened like she cannot like it's a lot to process but at the same time she's like i have to tell everybody like i need to tell my mama i need to tell my brothers my friends my neighbors like benny everybody yeah Yeah. like she's uh jesus just did like an awesome thing in her life revealed things to her and she's like i can't hold this back i need to share who he is and that he's here and what he's done in my life so she goes from not hiding, but like going to the well at a time when she knew no one else was around because right. she was carrying this sin on her life and trying to avoid any contact with people. Right, because she knew that all they yeah. all they were going to do was talk about her. Yeah, she so knew she was going to be go criticized. In the middle of the day when it's Texas and it's a hundred degree <laughs> weather, and I know no one's going to be out there, right. so no one sees me, and then so I, I don't just get go back to hiding. Or yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And she has this encounter and all that because God, um, you know, through Jesus has like done this uh, to with her. She's now like, I don't care who sees me, what happens. Like I now have living water. I now have this truth um, that he has revealed to me. And so I need to go tell everybody. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It's the middle of the day. If there's people around, I need to go see people to tell them what, what just happened here. So when, when she does that, um, in John four, it says, come and see a man who told me everything. So this woman is running. So she had a bucket from, you know, cause she was going to get I'm water or sure whatever. She left everything. Gone. She ran back to town and she said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And then verse 30, um, of John four twenty nine and 30 says, so the people came streaming from the village to see mm-hmm. him, which it's crazy because, um, you would think that whenever you have a secret that big, especially back then, you had oh, yeah. like four husbands, five husbands, and you live with a man and all these things. And she was doing that. And that was her biggest secret. Mm-hmm. Right. And now the Jesus appears to her and tells her, yeah, I fully know that you have all that you've been married to all these men and all these things. Mm-hmm. And she runs back after meeting him and having that encounter. And then she's sharing that. With yeah. People. She's it's telling crazy. her life. This is my testimony, right? Yeah. Like this is, this, these are all the things that are wrong with me, but then these are all the things that he fixed. And let me show you how he can fix you too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great. It's powerful. So a lot of things happen, uh, in the situation, right? Things move very quickly. There's a lot of information. Uh, but basically this, I, identifies Jesus as a misfit he starts talking to her and he kind of breaks three rules one he spoke to a woman in a in public being a Jewish man uh they were not supposed to do that yeah you were supposed to talk to women in public at all yeah definitely not as a Jewish man no like especially uh he spoke to a Samaritan which again they had this animosity between them uh didn't interact there was issues so definitely, as a man, he shouldn't be talking to her, but definitely he should not, as a Jewish man, be talking to a Samaritan. Uh, and then he spoke to a woman that had more than one husband. She had been married five times and then was living with a man who wasn't her husband. So she was deep in sin and kind of an, an outcast mm-hmm. of her time. Uh, and so, of course, him as a religious leader, you would say, or if, you know, being the Messiah... Why would he Why associate would he with yeah. someone like that? Right. But that just shows the kind of things that Jesus did, and he broke those kind of stereotypes of, of what they thought, you know, a religious person or what the Messiah was going to be. 
and say no she I, I need to reach out to her you yeah know? and especially in this in this in the bigger context of like women um were held to a lower standard yeah than mm-hmm. men so the fact that he's actually taking the time to talk to her and giving her the living water um also says a lot about how different he was from um the men and the like religious leaders of his time mm-hmm. yeah after this event with the woman at the well um jesus is doing a lot of teaching a lot of miracles he's just he's just doing a lot right because we only have him from 30 to 33 so he's busy he's, he's just <laughs> doing a lot of things um he's got a long to do yeah he just has a long to-do list for his ministry which literally only lasted three years so he's doing a lot of teaching he's doing a lot of miracles and while he's doing all of these things he gives authority to the disciples to spread the gospel that's mm-hmm. one of the things that he does yeah. um and then of course he's doing miracles and then we'll mention some of the famous miracles who that you might be familiar with so he feeds the five thousand by multiplying the fishes and the loaves and that's in john six he heals the women with the issue of blood and that's in matthew nine he resurrects the homie Lazarus, and that is in John 11. Um, so it's important to mention that most of the miracles that he did were for the marginalized, um, which also made him different because the Pharisees thought, since they were religious leaders, that they were better than other people and kind of kept themselves separate from them. So mm-hmm. it's important to, to mention that just because that's who Jesus came for, and that's what makes him a misfit. It's that he, um, he reached out to the marginalized that nobody was paying attention to mm-hmm. at the time especially the Pharisees. Um, so Jesus made sure to be among the people. He was one of them. He made sure to let them know, like, I'm here for you. Um, he, he made sure to just make them feel seen. Um, he was caring for the less fortunate um, and the misfits of the society. And then, um, of course, the Pharisees are trying to trap him um, because they assumed that he was breaking the law of Moses, but he was actually fulfilling the law. He was doing like the law of Moses says you can do anything on the Sabbath. And then Jesus was doing miracles on the Sabbath. He's, he was saving people and rescuing people. And in the Pharisees eyes, that was wrong, but we all know they was wrong. Yeah. And there were so many instances where they're like, you're not like trying to catch him in those things, but he would turn it around and be like, you've done these things. Like it's not, it's not against the, the law of Moses. You've just taken it to an extreme that now you're saying it is, but here I am to fulfill because I, I'm Jesus. This is what I came to do, and I'm not going to let a person who, who is in need, uh, you know, be, be just, okay, sorry, I can't do that for you. Because that's what any, any person would do is help, you know, someone in their family or someone who they're around. They would still help them, even if it's the Sabbath. So he compared it to, like, you would do this on your Sabbath. I can do it too because this is my purpose actually right so. so at this point jesus is back in jerusalem and the pharisees are still trying to trap him in order to kill him so now we're in jerusalem and then um in order to trap him to trap him in a lie or to trap him in a miracle or to trap him doing something that um was breaking the law of moses um the religious leaders asked asked jesus um what the most important commandment was and jesus replied you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And that's just powerful in itself. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. what we mentioned before where if you follow these two commandments, you don't necessarily have to worry about following the rest because every commandment falls within these two within commandments. Me. So that's important to keep in mind. If you didn't know that, now you know which the, <laughs> the two most important commandments are. And then as all of this is going on, um, they keep trying to trap him, but he's not lying. So it's of course, it's very hard to trap him when he's not lying and he's not necessarily doing something wrong. Uh, but the high priests and the elders um, for the Pharisees and these religious leaders, they're meeting to figure out how to trap Jesus and kill him. They're just mad. They're annoyed at they're him. They're mad. They have, a, they have a, what is it? The Ye Woman Haters Club from the Little Rascals. <laughs> the Ye Jesus Haters. The Ye Jesus Haters Club. And they're trying to trap him. So at this point, we meet, we don't meet him, but he is introduced as enemy number one. Oh, yeah. And it is Judas Iscariot. Mind you, he was one of the 12 uh, apostles. Yes, yes, he he was. He was close to Jesus. Yes, he was. Uh, He was Um, one of the chosen. He was one of the chosen. So at this point, he like goes to the high priest. He goes out of his way to meet with this person. And he agrees to give, uh, he agrees to give Jesus over for 30 pieces of silver right which might sound like a lot of money it might listen it's silver you're like okay that's heavy that's good that's the money of the time whatever so i googled this because i was mm-hmm. like how much is 30 pieces of silver how much did judas iscariot give jesus over yeah, for like inflation right you know? like what is going on so so it's 30 pieces of silver right and, and it goes by weight so today 
it would be roughly $197.40. So you can't even pass jail. You can't. You didn't even <laughs> round it up to 200 Like, you... Like, in Monopoly, bro, you'd still go to jail. This is ridiculous. This like, is you ridiculous. can't pass gold. 30 pieces, 30 pieces of silver. Like, it was just... <laughs> listen. Okay. No, let's just move right along from that. Anyway. So, at this point, you know, Judas makes that agreement for the less than $200 mm -hmm. to sell out Jesus. And Jesus and his disciples, um, they have their last meal together, of course, known as the Last Supper, where Jesus gets real savage, <laughs> and he says, one of you will betray me. Yeah, he calls it out. Which is insane, because yeah. he already knows. He like, the reason I picked Listen, you is because you were going to betray gonna me, say, it's going to fulfill the prophecy. You like, know even I mean? though he was one of his 12, he knew, because, yeah, like you said, it was probably the prophecy. So it's crazy. Like, to us, maybe even the ones around him, like, oh, man, Judas, like... But Jesus knew. Yeah. Like, it was it was in the plan all along. Yeah. But. And it's crazy because, like, in that moment, like, let's say, not that, let's, there's an imaginary person, and that person <laughs> is Judas, because I don't want her to be Judas or me to be Judas. There's what there's an imaginary person, and that person is Judas. And then Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. Like, I already know, mm -hmm. right? Now, at this point, you, you spend three years with this man, and you know he's the Messiah. Mm -hmm. You know he knows everything. You know You've he performs miracles. You know everything. Mm -hmm. And he says, one of you is going to betray me, and you know it's you so do you not back out <laughs> do you have doubt i don't take your money back take your money back he knows he knows yeah, yeah. he knows like how do you not how is there not a whole chapter of judas panicking and pacing yeah. in a little closet <laughs> having an anxiety because, attack yeah like breathing into a paper bag because jesus knew that it was him like oh no now he knows it's crazy but anyway um, of course, where, when he says that, all the disciples are shocked because none of them would ever do that. Like, gasp. I would How never. dare you? They are dismayed. <laughs> How dare you accuse yeah. me of that? And so they're all shocked. They're all, they're all pretending like, oh, my, I would never do that, blah, blah, blah. And they have a conversation about that. Com they have a conversation about that comment that Jesus makes. But because the, the Jesus knows that the time of the crucifixion is near, he has more important things to worry about, right? Right. Like this, so, this sign of Judas going and you know this whole thing is just that the crucifixion is near so he yeah. knows now now that he's gone and betrayed him he's made this announcement that just means it's closer to to the crucifixion right so um because the crucifixion is near jesus takes his most trusted disciples he takes peter james and john to the mount of olives to pray mm -hmm. so it's important to mention that every time jesus always not every time something bad happened but jesus always took the time to go to pray yes by he himself. always set time apart yes to, to talk to his father yeah so that's you know just hint hey it's it's important to pray so just mm -hmm. go ahead and do that um but he takes his most trusted disciples he takes peter james and john to the mount of olives to pray jesus knew his purpose the entire time so it's important to know that the fact that he was going to be crucified the fact that judas was going to betray him wasn't a shock to jesus it's not like right. all of a sudden he didn't know <laughs> and then the holy spirit downloaded it on him at, the, like, oh, at no. the last supper and he's like oh wait that's what i'm here for no he yeah, knew yeah. the whole time yeah. so at this point he knows the crucifixion is near so he has to go prepare and it's also important to say that um jesus was still fully human right so he's full human and fully god so in this moment he was probably freaking out he's yeah. like okay it's happening right judas saying judas accepting the 30 pieces of silver is a sign i know he's gonna betray me i said he's gonna betray me so this this is probably gonna happen pretty soon let me just get ready yeah so he goes to pray he goes to pray when he's in the mount of olives um he he basically just imagine jesus with the three homies walking up a mountain and then he says okay stay here i'm gonna go and pray so mm -hmm. he separates himself from the disciples and he's going to pray by himself right so as he's praying um this is it's a it's just a, it's powerful right he asked the father for this cup to be removed from him because as a human he of course didn't want to go through all that pain but he still submitted to the father's will so it's it's just yeah. so um it's such a real moment it is such like, a real moment but it's like monumental yeah. because this is the son of god right he is mm -hmm. all powerful he is holy he is magnificent and at this point in his life he's he's like i'm gonna die and i'm gonna mm -hmm. die in this terrible way and i don't want to do this right right but let not my will be done but mm -hmm. yours be done yeah it's crazy so you see this these Duality. two sides yeah. of jesus like I understand my purpose, but I also understand that I'm human and this is terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, in all humanity, 
like no one like if you know you're gonna be in pain and you're gonna go through something difficult you're not just all right <laughs> you know so in his humanity he's like i know this is gonna be rough yeah um and i also understand it's my purpose so as human i'm like god please let this pass but as god and my purpose let your will be done right so it's 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 a fight there you yeah. know kind of like a struggle uh accepting you know his godly purpose but also understanding like as a human like this is hard yeah but it also shows us how important it is to be honest with god right because john mm-hmm. he's not judging us and um yeah and by him praying that he's not sinning he's not right like denying who he right. was or he's his not purpose. running away from his purpose exactly exactly he's still he's just telling his father like listen i don't want to do this mm-hmm. so if it's your will like can you can you remove this cup from me mm-hmm. but also if it's not then of course i'm going to do what yeah. you want me to yeah. do yeah. but it's just um that open communication with god and just showing god what you are who you who you truly are and just just putting every single emotion and every insecurity and whatever it is that you're feeling at his feet and just leaving it there because um it shows us you know what i mean like after he prays it shows us how he's just kind of ready to just take it on yeah um it's just a good example to us that we can be that honest with god and that doesn't take away from us being his children us having that relationship with him like you can if you're mad Something's happening. You're frustrated. Tell him. You can go to God and yeah. be like, this made me angry. This sucks. This is frustrating. <laughs> I'm so yeah. pissed. Yeah. Uh, you know, this person hurt me. And man, like, I just, I want to punch them in the face. Yeah. Don't punch them in the face. But tell God. But you, you can tell God, for sure. I want to punch them in the face. For sure. And that's okay. Yeah. It's just so good that Jesus, because we're, Jesus was sent to the earth, right? Not only to die for us, but to be our example as the mm-hmm. perfect human. And he he's he's showing us that that's what we should do Mm -hmm. so it's just it's an amazing example it's a very powerful moment and we know that he's stressed in this moment because as he's praying um he's in such emotional distress that he's literally sweating blood um we get this from luke um which is it's it's cool to mention also that luke is a doctor and he is the only one in the gospels that mentioned this Mm -hmm. so he's probably the only one that kind of knew what it was um but he is he's sweating blood so this is called uh, just to get a little teachy here it's called hematidrosis and it's a condition that says under conditions of great emotional distress tiny capillaries in the sweat glands can rupture and mix blood with sweat so he was so stressed out of everything that was going to happen and everything that he was anticipating and the pain and the struggle that he was about to go into that he literally starts sweating blood yeah he had like a physical reaction of like this is happening um, and he was sweating blood. Yeah, it's it's insane. We're we're on the mountain. Jesus is praying. Mm-hmm. He prays, and um, he does this like three times. Like he goes up to pray. He comes back to the disciples, and you know the disciples are asleep. But that's a story for another day. They're just having a hard <laughs> they, time. They just ate. They were they were napping. They had a big sandwich. You know, we don't know what was going on there. But anyway, <laughs> Jesus does this about three times. So he prays three times. He, he's stressed out, he sweats blood, he's but preparing. then he, he's preparing, but then he's ready, right? Mm-hmm. He's ready to take on whatever is coming for him because he submitted to the will of his father. So when Jesus is done praying on the Mount of Olives, Judas shows up with a crowd of Good men. Judas. Ju- Judas. Listen, Judas. Judas shows up with a posse of lackeys. Um, and these, these men have weapons and they're, he, they're, they're there to arrest Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, as many of you know or don't know, how the men that he brought with him were supposed to know that Jesus was the one you were supposed to arrest was because he was going to kiss him on the cheek. Yeah. Which, He's like, I'll um, give you the sign, and that was the sign. Which is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Don't kiss me. <laughs> don't show affection like you don't care. Don't touch me. Are you going ex- to, you're going to turn me into these people who yeah. don't even know who I am because you have to point me out and right, I'm famous. Right. And like they you're going to touch me in the face? <laughs> And then take them away. <laughs> Listen, you ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. So but yeah, that's what happened. That, that, that is what happened. That's what <laughs> the Bible tells us. Unfortunately, that's what the Bible tells us. So um, they take Jesus to court, right? They arrest him. They put him in some sort of cuff situation, which right. back then I don't know what that looks like. But um, they arrest him. They take him to court, and um, they were trying to find people to testify against Jesus. And of course, right. since he never lied, they couldn't find anyone to testify against him. People didn't yeah. want to. People didn't want to like um, false I don't think, accusations. Yeah, for sure. I don't think they wanted to be involved because they're like, listen, I saw 
him heal John John's hand the other day, mm-hmm. and I think that I don't want to like that's I don't weird. Be involved, yeah, I don't want to be involved. I don't. I, I, I don't, don't want to testify about he that. He seems a little powerful. I'm, I don't want to be involved. <laughs> Some people just didn't want to do it. Um, so and what's funny? I, uh, there are parts where people are like, "Yeah, like he did this," and they're like, "Okay, will you testify?" They're like. Nah, oh, bro. no, 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 I don't want to do that. I'm not available that day. So, yeah, no, I'm, but it's I'm right really now. Busy. I'm not available. Oh, I have some errands. I have a doctor's run. appointment. I have to go to Target real quick. Yes. So, yeah. I. So, even though, like, I'll up front, they were, like, real brave and be like, yeah, like, arrest him. And they're like, okay, do this for us. And they're like, yeah, no. Send it on your Send donkey. me a carrier pigeon. <laughs> um, so, of course, um, they can't find anyone that kind of wants to lie on him. And, um,. You know, long story short, they still find Jesus guilty. Yeah, they don't because, care. No, they, like, they don't oh, we care. have no, uh, oh, we have no witnesses. witnesses? You have no You're evidence? Okay. No, I think he's still guilty. <laughs> he looks guilty. <laughs> we, we said he is, so he is. <laughs> We've decided. So what happens is um, Caiaphas, the guy, he's basically the guy that was in charge of all the religious leaders at the time. He was the high mm-hmm. priest. He doesn't want to be involved in sentencing Jesus. Oh, because, shocker. <laughs> yeah, he probably saw him healing someone too or doing some sort of miracle. He heard And he, he heard was like, you know what? He's guilty because the people say he's guilty and I need and to be... And we don't like him, I but... need to be voted back into office next year because <laughs> my term is almost over. So... I don't want to lose my carriage. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my votes. So listen, he is guilty, but I don't want to sentence him. I don't want to be involved in this mm-hmm. at all. We're gonna so send him away. I'm going to send him to Pilate yeah. in Rome. And then, you know, Pilate can't handle it. He can, he can go to Rome. I did my job. It's, the, it's their problem now. It's Pilate's job. So he sends him over to Pilate. So, yeah. So Jesus is now in Rome. Uh, but Pilate, uh, he also did not want to decide. <laughs> Jesus, like, Wait, no, nobody wants to... Why did he send you to me? Wait, what? Wait, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to kill you? Oh, no. I'm Wait. supposed to decide this? And Pilate's <laughs> I like... I don't know you. <laughs> like, this is first I hear of you. Maybe he had heard of him, but he's like, this is the first I know that you're arrested and that this needs to get done. So Pilate's like, I'm not deciding your fate. This is crazy. So he asked the people in Rome what they want to do with him. And so they had another prisoner, and so it was tradition that during the Passover, they would let a prisoner free. Kind of like a nice Conveniently, conveniently, during Passover, they were supposed to let somebody go free. They're like, all right, we'll be cool, we'll be nice, and let someone go. And so they had another prisoner who was a thief uh, called Barabbas. And so like, okay, so he kind of left it on a boat. Like, who do y'all want to let go? Barabbas, the thief that you all know who probably stole your carriage and your... Your scroll and your bread and a really nice dress. He stole yeah. it. Yeah. Or this Jesus guy who has done nothing to you. You're just pissed at him. Yeah. And for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he healed your neighbor and you're just mad that they didn't heal you. I don't understand. Uh, but now people are like, no, nah, we want Jesus. We want to kill Jesus. So let Barabbas go. The known thief. Let him know. Right. Let Which him go. probably had a multitude of people testifying against him. Yeah, he, of course. He had witnesses. They had yeah. evidence. They had blood samples. Like, <laughs> the whole lab was involved in there. Like, yes, you see this video right here when he's yeah. stealing this piece of jewelry? But no, they're like, let him go. Yeah. Kill Jesus. In his pockets, he still had the money and the things yeah. he stole. But, yeah, let's, let's let him go. Exactly. Let's let him go. Yeah. So, yeah. Sounds like a good plan. So, yeah. People are just adamant. They're like, no, free Barabbas. We want to kill Jesus. I'm sure you've heard. If you haven't heard... Uh, they start beating Jesus. And so they're like just pissed at him. They just want him to die. So they just start mistreating him in all sorts of ways. Um, And they're like, we need to kill him. And so they say we're going to crucify him, which crucifixion was a very traditional way of killing people back then. And so this you know, it wasn't it like... It wasn't out of the norm. No, it wasn't like they were doing it something... It wasn't just for Jesus, yes. This Although is just I'm, the way they I'm killed sure people back then. I'm sure they were very... Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, they were just like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially um, because, you know, they did the crown of thorns and all that. Yeah, like, they took stuff. it beyond. They, the purple robe and yeah. they just... Yeah. So, if, if you've heard the story or you've seen, like, a Jesus crucifixion movie, it wasn't just like, oh, we're mad at you, we want to kill you, put you on the on the cross and let you die. It was like, no, we're going to beat you, we're going to put a robe you. on you, yeah. put you in public, put a, you. a crown of thorns, you, you know, we're going to do all sorts of things. Uh, us, you know, in preparation, you can say before we even crucify you, because that's how mad we are at you, and how much we actually want to kill you, even though they had no basis for it. Yeah, and these were the people that he was about to die for. Mm-hmm. That's that's the mind blowing thing. Like Oof. at any point, he could have been like, "God, just free me from this." 
because they're obviously ungrateful for everything yeah. I've done. But no, he's like, these are the people I'm here for. Yeah. And these are the ones I'm going to hang on that cross and die for. Mm. So. Jesus. That's literally Jesus. <laughs> Um, so there were actually, uh, three, uh, two other men scheduled to also be crucified that day, or I guess it was three. It was supposed to be Barabbas, right? But right. they let him go. Yeah. Uh, so they're hung up. They hang them up, uh, to be crucified. So it's Jesus and two other men. And while he's hanging there, um, one of the men is just like, can you remember me? Um, like when, when you go to paradise, like when you die, he understood who Jesus was, and he was, like, praying to him, like, can you remember me? And even there, can you imagine the pain that Jesus was in, the situation? He's, like, about to die. Like, he's holding on to breath, yeah. you know? But looking at this man, seeing his confession, his, like, hurt, uh, wanting to be remembered by Jesus, he said, I forgive your sin. sin. To see the miraculous and the grace and the mercy of Jesus till the very end you know it wasn't just while he was with his disciples it wasn't just he wasn't having a good day this was literally (laughs) the worst day of his life and he still he says and i'm paraphrasing he says in this day Mm -hmm. you will be with with me me. in paradise so it's just it's it's like there's no words to describe how much that this like jesus significance of that like it's crazy yeah so and so he does this just Kind of as a last miracle, you can call it, you know, of, of what Jesus does just to show who he is and, yeah. and what he's capable of. And so we go to his very final moments, and you'll read through the Gospels. Um, each book kind of relays a, a something a little bit different and um, of what his final actual words are. Um, so in Matthew and in Mark, um, he says, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Um, and again, this is just showing God, uh, Jesus' humanity, humanity mm-hmm. um, and just the point that he's, he's arrived. Like, he's on the cross, but he's still praying out to God about the situation. Uh, and then we see Luke, where he prays out, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, so again, like we were saying, it's just showing how amazing Jesus was. And even though these people crucified him. crucified him without any cause, without any witnesses, without any true reason, uh, just because they felt like it, um, his words as he's dying is forgive them for they not know what they do. He's literally interceding as mm-hmm. he's dying, which is crazy. And then you see John um, and he writes that Jesus says, it is finished. And what he means is like the the uh prophecy what i came to do um here is where it's completed like the word uh that was prophesied said that i would die on the cross and this is what's happening now and so when he does that in those moments when he's dying there are a couple of the gospels talk about how the curtain in the temple is torn and so that's just a very a visual representation and and a symbolism of that there's no longer this uh this separation between god and man and and, you know us humans and so one of the one of the main things um in the law of moses was that you had one person right you had this high priest who uh was the only one who was ever in the presence of god and so there's a ritual you would take you know your sacrifices and all these things and that's maybe something for another time yeah but there's a lot of like um like steps that you have to do but no one except this high priest there was one person who was able to be in the presence and so when this curtain uh tears it's a representation that that's no longer needed like there's no longer a long list of things you need to do there's no longer a sacrifice that us as humans need to do because jesus just did it for all of us and now we have this direct contact uh to god to go to him and no longer a priest or just any anybody else anything else that would block us or inhibit us from going straight to him so it's just very powerful um understanding what what that represents so after he he dies um he is buried in the tomb and he was there for three days and this is the part where we mentioned prior that um, 
Nicodemus. There was Nicodemus and another man who I can't remember his name right now. That's Joseph. Jo- yeah, Joseph and Nicodemus. So they go to Pilate and ask him for uh, Jesus's body. So Nicodemus reappears, and this is the moment where he's like, "No, this is my this is my savior." Mm-hmm. And they take his body, and then um, of course they do all the traditional things to that that you would do to a Jewish person when they die, and then they put him in the tomb. Right. Yeah, and then um, of course on the third day. On the. Third on the day. third day, on that Sunday. I feel like we need that uh, preacher voice. And on the third day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what happened on the third day? <laughs> say third day. <laughs> <laughs> and on the third day, Jesus was resurrected. Woo-hoo! So, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe one day we'll have sound effects. Yeah. So, um, speaking on the resurrection now. So, this is one of the coolest parts of the resurrection. O- other than the magnificent part that he's actually resurrected, right? Which is insane. Um, just aside to from everything we've talked about and yeah. the actual resurrection. Yeah, just it just keeps getting better. Story. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> and it, it keeps getting better because um the the one of the first people that um they're heading over to the tomb basically it's what's happening right so he they don't know that he's resurrected but you know we know that he's resurrected (laughs) so mary magdalene and some other women are going to visit the tomb on that sunday and And mind you they're not going because they're like oh we know he's resurrecting today no we're just gonna go visit his body yeah we're gonna anoint him we're gonna do the things probably leave flowers like things you do pray mourn do the things Yeah. yeah so that's that's what they were gonna do at the tomb but they find an angel there that tells them he's resurrected. The angel says, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Um, and the angel tells Mary Magdalene, um, after he says, obviously, he's not here. He's risen from the dead. He says, go and tell the disciples. Yeah. So as Mary is just going to tell the disciples, um, the disciples, it's important to know that the disciples at this point, they're hiding. Yeah. They're, they're hiding. They're kind of scared a little because, yeah. you know... Uh, Jesus just died yeah. you know, a few days ago right. and they feel like oh they came after Jesus and he was like perfect and we were his followers they're like what gonna are they gonna do for us? us yeah so they're hiding so, between yeah. like in locked doors and locked rooms yeah. like they're hiding in somebody's like in house a cave or something for sure know, like but... they are they are under lockdown yeah so Mary is heading back to them to tell them that um of course what the angel said that jesus has been resurrected so um after mary magdalene tells the disciples because she does that Mm -hmm. um she says that jesus has been resurrected jesus appears to mary and says don't be afraid tell the disciples i'll meet them in galilee right (laughs) i can't even speak (laughs) the fact that jesus is resurrected right and this is a very male dominant society, a male dominant world, and the Mary isn't considered even considered one of the disciples. No, but but he appears to Mary yeah. and tells Mary, "Hey, tell my boys mm-hmm. that I've resurrected and to meet me in Galilee." Mm-hmm. But he appears to Mary. That's that's right. insane. Right. That right. he chose a woman, yeah. like the woman at the well. Like you know what I'm like. Yeah. It's just. It just take a moment just take yeah. a moment you might not care but i it just yeah it's, but it, it's powerful it's so powerful because i think that just goes also you'll read a lot of stories um in the bible but he uses women a lot in in the bible to show just different miracles and different things um so even though it's not straightforward like she's a disciple she was around for a lot of these things if you read the, the yeah gospels. she's there mm-hmm. um, even even his mom is there even, yeah it's like sometimes it's just listen there were a lot of marys and sometimes it just you kind of lose track yeah. but but most of the marys were mary magdalene and yeah. mama mary yes yes yeah. <laughs> but yeah you hear about jesus using a lot of women in a time that that wasn't used uh so it's pretty powerful it's pretty awesome though. because he's a misfit because yeah the, my favorite misfit yeah so after he appears to mary and tells them hey you know um tell the disciples to meet me in galilee jesus actually does appear to the disciples in galilee after they made that that um that trip yeah. um however long that might have been but i'm sure it was a couple yeah. of days and then um he empowers them in this moment as well he's he to preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations baptize them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit um mm-hmm. so that's what he wanted them to meet him for he just wanted to um empower them and um just send just basically give them their mission be like listen this is why i brought you like here's the final the final piece of the puzzle yes like this is what you need to know Mm -hmm. i've i've done my job so now you go do your job and look i have resurrected i'm going to the father but i'm leaving this with you yeah 
And then um, I, th- I want to say this is Luke uh, specifically that says, mm-hmm. after that, he blessed them and left them and was taken up to heaven. Right. Whew. That's powerful. So good. So that's that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the life of Jesus. That's the life of Jesus. Here on There's earth. Anyway. That, yeah, here on earth. Um, so we hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, we definitely enjoyed just just preparing these episodes for you because it's just amazing and um, just every time you read it, you get something different and yeah. you kind of just learn to love him more because he's You're like, wow, Jesus, you did man, that. Man, <laughs> he's a savage. Okay, yeah. he makes whips. He heals. He uh, he makes wine. He, yeah. he just loves unconditionally, and then he just dies for you. You know yeah. what I mean? What else could you ask for? And he's for? like, I'm just giving it all. Yeah. It's, this is for you. Man. No longer is there a barrier here. Like, it's just you and me, kid. Yeah. He's too much. Yeah. He's, he's too much. But um, we hope you enjoyed that. We, of course, we definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to let you know that um, there is a TV show, and it's called The Chosen. It's an amazing TV show, but it's about the life of Jesus. It's based on the Gospels. And um, it's pretty accurate from what we've seen. Um, yeah. It's very accurate. It's very powerful. And it's a multi-episode type thing. So it's not a, it's not a movie. Yes, and it's not um, a mini-series either. There's, mm-hmm. I want to say that there's three seasons out right now. Um, it's on an app. So all you have to do is go on your phone, on your app store, whether you're um, iPhone or Android, and, and just type in The Chosen. And then you'll be able to watch all the episodes there and like Chromecast it or just whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it on your iPad, your laptop, or whatever. But I think it's a really good way to um, just visualize and picture everything that we've just told you because it's one thing you reading it and it's one thing us telling you but it's another thing for you to see it because after you see it you can visualize um or even imagine what jesus personality was like or Mm -hmm. what he was like when he was hanging out with his uh disciples and stuff like that because he was a human you know he was probably funny and he was a (laughs) cool guy you know what i mean yeah like all of these people even though they're in a black and white text and they seem so far away and so foreign like they all have personalities and they all really existed and it really was a thing so it's just nice to um have something to watch that can just help you understand it better and understand jesus better or even the homework for this week just watch the trailer Mm -hmm. if the trailer doesn't get you then i don't know how to help you (laughs) (laughs) then just keep reading your bible (laughs) yeah because it's it's powerful so i really i we hope that that helps you um and for the last portion of this episode today we wanted to instead of doing a kind of a closing thought um we are we actually want to do a prayer of surrender um so if you haven't accepted jesus as your lord and savior and you've listened to this episode and you feel like this is your moment um to start or restart your relationship with jesus um all you have to do is repeat this prayer of surrender lord jesus today i surrender my life to you today i am starting over I'm making a fresh start and I'm following you. Today, I repent of all my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And today, I invite you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know if any of you prayed that prayer. Whoever just prayed that prayer, congratulations if you did. Like, that's amazing. Um uh there's there's literally there's there's two misfits (laughs) rejoicing right now for you but there's also literal angels rejoicing in heaven because you accepted jesus as your lord and savior so um congratulations if you took that step if you just started your relationship with jesus or if you're restarting your relationship with jesus um he's never stopped loving you so please know that Mm -hmm. um and uh we also wanted to say that if you just prayed that prayer and you have no idea what to do now Um, Because you're like, okay, well, I accepted Jesus, but now I don't know what what? to do. Um, If you don't have anyone to ask and and, uh, you just don't feel comfortable, just please email us or DM us on Instagram. Yes. Um, Our email is always in the show notes or, like I said, DM us on Instagram. We're just Midtown Misfits on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we can help you out. And, of course, um, just we don't know everything, but we'd love to help you with your next steps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'd love to walk with you. If we can help you in any way, we'd love to do that. And, again, congratulations because honestly you just best decision ever literally just made the best decision of your life so um we hope that this episode had um had some sort of impact we hope that this added value to you we hope that um maybe you learned something about jesus that you didn't know before yeah or that um you know him a little bit better yeah there's so much information in the gospels and definitely like for you to learn about the life of jesus uh read the gospels uh, but i hope we were able to in a way summarize and take you down uh, kind of his life and just show you how amazing he is and the reason why we are just 
like why are we doing this yeah. why are we here um yeah why and we just, love him and why we follow him mm-hmm. and um I think that at least if you heard both parts, you can see like even if you are not a Christian and you have no idea who Jesus is or you don't really know about Jesus, like there were some glimpses in this episode where you're like, huh, interesting. Maybe I should, um, you know, look, look into this. Maybe I should take a sip of that water. You know, I don't <laughs> know. Living water. Yeah. But um, uh, we hope that this kind of just fuels your fire for Jesus. And um, again, if you don't know what to do or don't know where to start, please let us know. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week. I am Fran. I'm Yali. And that's it for us. That's it. Bye. Peace.